Welcome to the Cornerstone Podcast produced by Global Grace Ministries. We have been sharing from the series The Marks of Christ in the Believer in the past few weeks. I've decided to share the subject because of a group of friends who do not go to church. They asked me how they could recognize a Christian. They were a little disappointed at the conduct of someone who goes to church that did not reflect the life of someone following Christ and did not understand how this person could call himself a Christian. That conversation inspired this series. I pray it has blessed you so far. Today's episode is entitled The Mark of Collaboration. In the previous episode, we talked about prudence. We reviewed the story of a wise woman from the Bible who, through her prudence, saved an entire city. We learned that prudence is simply the ability to react correctly under any circumstance we face. We also learned that prudence walks with wisdom, and together they bring order and peace into our lives, and they can save us from a lot of problems. We all need to grow in prudence every day. Today we will use another great woman from the Bible as an example of the mark of Christ of collaboration. When we speak of collaboration, we are talking about a situation where two or more people work together to create or achieve the same thing. Someone asked me why I believe that collaboration is a mark of Christ. And I told her that from the beginning, God intended for his people to work together with him to accomplish anything worth doing. Think about it. God planted the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve and expected them to work together to care for it. Jesus is the perfect example of collaboration. Jesus came to the world for a dual purpose. He came to die for us, but he also came to train men who will preach the gospel after his resurrection. Collaboration was so important for Jesus that even before he started his earthly ministry, Jesus found collaborators. He never sent anyone to preach alone. At the minimum, Jesus expected his disciples to go in pairs. That has not changed. My friends, Christians do not join a church, a religion, or a club when we come to Christ. The Bible tells us that we are adopted into a family. God loves it when we collaborate with him and with our family in Christ. God does not expect anyone to win the world for Christ alone. He wants us to collaborate with each other. Therefore, I believe that collaboration is a mark of Christ in the believer. For today's episode, I have chosen a woman I will have loved to meet here on earth. I have chosen the excellent Priscilla as an example of collaboration. Priscilla was a woman that Paul considered a collaborator and a fellow apostle. Priscilla, her husband Aquila, and Paul give the church a great example of what can be accomplished when the family of Christ collaborates to spread the gospel. The scripture mentions Priscilla in the book of Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, and 2 Timothy. The Bible tells us that Priscilla was a tent maker along with her husband Aquila. Tents were used as portable homes and temples in the days of the New Testament. Making tents allowed Priscilla and her husband to earn funds for their daily living and to travel to teach the gospel. Although we do not know much about Priscilla and her husband, we do know that they left Italy as victims of Roman persecution because Aquila was Jewish and they settled in Corinth. It was there where they met Paul. We know that Paul had a very rough time in Athens before he got to Corinth. 1 Corinthians 2.3 tells us, I came to you in weakness, in fear, and much trembling. After much difficult time, I am sure that God directed Paul 
to this wonderful couple. He met them, no doubt, having heard of their faith in Christ and developed a deep friendship with Priscilla and Aquila. Paul lived and worked with them while founding the church in Corinth. With this friendship, we see a fantastic example of collaboration in the spirit and in the natural between them. Priscilla and Aquila could have seen Paul as their competition, since he was also a tent maker, but instead of doing that, they joined him. They established such a harmonious relationship that after a year and a half, Paul left for Ephesus and took Aquila and Priscilla with him. After Paul left Ephesus, the couple stayed there and established a church in their home. Priscilla and Aquila were very hospitable. The Bible tells us that they were in the city of Ephesus when a Jew named Apollos came to the city. Go with me to Acts 18 and we'll read verses 24 through 26, which say, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a deep knowledge of the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor. He taught about Jesus accurately, although he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard this, they invited him to their house and explained the way of God more adequately. Apollos began speaking about the scriptures in Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila listened to him, invited him to their home, and taught him more about God and the scriptures. Apollo knew of John's baptism, but he had not heard about the baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Although he was trying to share the gospel, he needed more teaching, so Priscilla and Aquila taught him. They did not speak ill of him among their congregation. They did not correct him in public, and they offered him a place to stay and their friendship. They did this not to make him an associate pastor of their church, but so that he could teach the word of God correctly. Apollo left them and went to other places where Priscilla and Aquila were not called to go. However, by collaborating with him, they blessed Apollos and helped the kingdom of heaven. Years later, when Paul was in prison in Rome, he wrote to Timothy. And through that letter, we learned that Timothy became the pastor of the church in Ephesus, the church that Aquila and Priscilla started, and that this couple were there with him, still ministering faithfully. That means that it was very likely that they had given the church to Timothy and continued to work with him. They probably saw the call of God in Timothy's life and the charisma that this young man had and knew that it was God's will for him to take the church. They knew they were not the church owners. No one is. We are all simple administrators of the church. I want you to see that Priscilla and Aquila could have left Timothy alone, but because they knew how difficult the city of Ephesus was, they stayed and helped him. They collaborated with their younger brother. I believe that one of the reasons the early church succeeded despite of all their persecution was because they collaborated with each other. There was no competition between them. We see that in the lives of Priscilla and Aquila. Until the end of their lives, Aquila and Priscilla offer hospitality to other Christians. They spread the gospel that they have learned from Paul and render faithful service to their master Jesus Christ. I must say here that many believe 
that Priscilla is often mentioned before her husband Aquila because she was the primary teacher in their church. This is what collaboration is all about. Neither Aquila, her husband, nor her friend Paul, nor Luke, who wrote about her, nor Timothy, her pastor, had any problem with the fact that Priscilla was a female preacher. She was a true partner and collaborator to her husband. That is why, even in this series in which I wanted to only use women as examples of the marks of Christ, I have included Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila were inseparable. They both worked as tent makers and church planters. Both were hospitable. They both opened their doors first to Paul and then to the church in their home. And sadly, they both are believed to have died as martyrs for Christ. True followers of Christ are not called to build a church alone. We are called to build the kingdom of God with our family. Followers of Christ have no problem collaborating with others for the gospel's sake. It is time, my family, that we, the Church of Jesus, show the world a united front. We are a family that can work together despite of our differences. Yes, we have differences, and we will always have them until we get to heaven. But if we can focus on the fact that we are working for the same team, that when one of us succeeds, we all do, we will accomplish more for Christ. The world will recognize the true followers of Christ because they will see the mark of collaboration on them. Here I need to say that Christians can and should collaborate with people who do everything they can to help their communities, even if they are not a church. Often Christians only volunteer their time at church, which is terrific, but it is also good to collaborate with nonprofits that are making a difference in our cities. If your church does not have many community programs and you have the time to do it, please help organizations that bless the needy around your city. Show them the mark of Christ of collaboration. That is also a testimony of the love of Jesus to those nonprofits. Thank you for the time you gave me today. I would like to remind you that Global Grace Ministries works together with four other ministries to preach the gospel of Jesus and bless the poor. To partner with us, please visit our website, globalgraceministries.com. God bless you.